This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. We're here today with Dr. Karen Louise. She has written a book called The Fatherless Daughter Project, which is pretty fascinating to me as the father of daughters, but is also doing a lot of coaching and support work around divorce and what that means for folks that are trying to figure out how to end their marriage, maybe gracefully, or actually live their best life after a marriage has ended. We really enjoy talking to her. We cover a wide range of topics from parenting to relationships to soul contracts, which is a new thing for me that I am now fascinated with. Um, I think you'll dig it. But before we start, I want to say happy birthday to some of my favorite people. Number one, my wife, Rebecca, whose birthday is this week. Also, our our friend, Sarah, our friend, Kathy, um, many other people I know who were born kind of in this first week of October. turns out it's a very popular birthday week. Also... Our buddy Jason, who edits this podcast. Happy birthday, Jason. Thank you so much for uh, being a good friend and a good editor. Everybody who's listening to the podcast should know how good you are at your job. So just so you know, people, Jason's really good at his job. Also, you should wish him happy birthday. Put good thoughts out into the universe, which actually happens to be Dr. Karn's area of interest and intrigue. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. First and foremost, I just wanted to ask you, Karin, like what lights you up? It doesn't have to be professional. I know that we're here to talk about what you do um, professionally and, you know, how you're supporting couples and, and individuals and all of that. Not couples. We support couples. You're mostly supporting individuals. The uncoupling, Correct. right? Uh-huh. Yeah, often. <laughs> but what else lights you up? Uh, my kids. I'm I'm single mom of three teens and um, I have a guard, a new guard. It's, How's it's, that going? Well, um, I, I'll tell you, they're 13, 15, and 15. And um, I've so twin boy girls and then a, another boy. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard doing it by yourself. Based, so having a teen daughter, I'll just say, speak generically instead of- like, I got one out. and I, I, I'm, I'm all about she? it. Tell me, what what's up? Because <laughs> I'm Well, you know, it's like chaos. having, how old is she? She'll be 17 next month. Oh, so you're ahead of me. So we we just hit like, um, we've already dabbled in almost everything she's not supposed to dabble in. Right on. And, uh, cool, uh-huh. check. It's like having 12 children in one. And my son's like, her twin brother, like, can't get enough of Star Wars. Like, it's a totally opposite animal. Show her. But meanwhile, Show her. Like, like, I found two beers in her closet oh. um, two days ago. So, I mean, you know, 
Karin, yeah. this makes me so happy. You that said you're Star Wars, this. and I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. No, I'm talking. I'm glad that look, look yes. at that. That's what I did yesterday. Did um, yeah? You put that together? I did. I built the Millennium Falcon all by myself that's insane. because he my to... teen daughter was driving me crazy, and I needed to do something I could control. That's I, I totally get that. Well, he has that in his in his bedroom. It's on yeah. his shelf. He put that one together. But that that is incredible. Yeah. So y- y'all think alike. It's very logical, and it, I'm sure it's like therapeutic. And so yeah, it's it's a very different. They're yeah. all they're all different, you know. They're mm-hmm. all different. So I've got like you know Star Wars nerd. I've got like my social. We went to a, um, a music festival over the weekend, and uh, it that's in a whole indoctrination because it was a lot of like little baby, young nudie, Glorilla, all these oh, like rappers that she was in, that she's into. <laughs> I was like, and, hold on, is Gorilla yeah. a new term for like you know like a gay man where you've got like the the seals oh. and then you have like the the bear and is a gorilla like a t- and then yeah. you said it was a rapper and I was like I am out of this world I don't know what we're talking about it's a female rapper and her name is actually Glorilla Glorilla. Um, and, you know, the, the words to the songs nowadays, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I'm a former trained therapist. My mom was a pastor. My dad was a juvenile judge. Like you just stand there and you don't like you, the music and you you have to pick your your battles. And it's like you can't keep them from it. I mean, you can as long as you can. And then like all their friends have phones and there's like they expl- everything's explicit. Like it's not like when we were young yeah, uh, or when I was young and, uh, you know, the radio guarded like you didn't hear all the stuff and it just, yeah. it's, I, I just like to do a lot of inhaling. <laughs> Where am I going to put the boundary down today? Yeah. Uh, when is the no going to come? How, yeah. So it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot. And I don't know, I, none of us, I just keep telling my clients, I'm like, look, none of us really know what we're doing. So just know that, like, if you feel that way, mm-hmm. I don't like, we're all trying to correct whatever our parents messed up. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to satisfy our own needs because all of our stuff gets in, you know, I'm trying to give her the freedom I didn't have. So I'm probably overcorrecting. And I tell you what, man, this is a message I need right now. So thank you so much. But we did not have Dr. Karen Lurie's on to talk about or glow, nude babies. We wanted to talk about how mm-hmm. relationships work because yeah. you have an interesting perspective that I think both of us are intrigued about. And it's um, it's really this idea. You said you've told us already that you've uh, been divorced twice. And I know plenty of people who are going through this process of trying to make their relationship work and are motivated by fear yeah. primarily of divorce and how that works. And, and, and I'm intrigued just to know like what... What you bring to that, mm-hmm. what do you bring to that? And how does that work for you? Because um, I hate when people are motivated by fear. I pro marriage. I, that's why I have a job, but also, yeah. but I'm not pro marriage at all costs. So tell me a little bit about how you make that, make sense of that for yourself and for others. And then let's see where it takes us. For sure. Well, I'm pro marriage too. Um, I mean, I've done it twice. So, you know, yeah, obviously. No. Um, I, so I'm not pro breaking up. I'm not pro divorce. I am pro harmony, pro wellness, pro create something beautiful together. And, you know, being, uh, I was a former teacher and then I went back to school after my first divorce because it kind of destroyed my soul. I was married to a professional athlete and it had this big public divorce go on and he was very unfaithful and I was really publicly humiliated. And so I went back to school to understand basically human psyche and trauma. And I was like, what the hell, how do people do this? Like I couldn't make sense of it. And all my childhood traumas, that's the other thing. When you're facing divorce, if you have unhealed mm. childhood trauma, which I mean, we all do, but it's it's going to come up. And um, I wrote a book called The Fatherless Daughter Project. And, and what we found was that if women specifically, and, and it's for men too, but we I researched about 5,000 women in, for that book. And um, they're, if, if you have like an unhealed father wound and then a divorce from a male happens and all that repressed grief has never been dealt with, which is 
typically almost everyone like I don't know. I'm I'm in, I'm 50ish, and so you know nobody really went to therapy when we were our parents were getting divorced, and so all of that unhealed stuff, right? Fear of abandonment, <laughs> all the stuff, um, comes just spewing out. So I was a hot mess, went through depression and all that. So I went back to school to become a therapist, and I know you asked me a specific question. I'm just giving a little backstory. Um, and then I like kind of swung the other way and married someone that I thought was going to be super safe. It wasn't like the, the hot and heavy, like thing that I went through with my, um, first husband it, it, and I wanted to have kids. And I was like in my mid thirties and I just, I, I chose someone that I thought was like super safe, but there really wasn't like a deep love there. It just on paper, the story I'd written for it was, was good. We both wanted to have the kids. We were members of the country club. We were, we, we were just running with a really cool crowd. I mean, it was, but it felt stable. So anyway, fast forward, um, I found out he really falsely represented himself and I was, um, really, I, I won't get into it, but there was, I was really deceived in that marriage in, in a lot of ways. I don't talk about it too much cause I have three kids with him, but, um, it was, um, very destructive. So here I am getting my doctorate and I'm like, how can I be divorced twice? Like I, I'm like, uh. I literally, I used to call myself a relationship expert and I'm like, so I stayed and I stayed and it was like, it was very emotionally abusive. Um, he was stealing from me and, and it, it was, it was, um, and we had three kids, one that was medically fragile and I was just trying, I was in survival mode. It was just a lot at once. And then there were a bunch of deaths. And anyway, it was just this amalgamation of trauma, 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 trauma. And the relationship, because we bo both weren't willing to do the work again, <laughs> yeah. like I was in therapy, I was doing all the things and he just, so that's where I'm, I look at things where like when one partner literally refuses, like they dig their feet in the sand and it's their way or the highway and the other person's just left flailing. And that's a really short summary of like a toxic relationship um, where one just literally is like, it, it just not leaving space for the other person to have whatever they're going through. And anyway, so I, I stayed for years until finally, like I was having so many physical issues and I, I went through this big spiritual awakening piece that's in cool. my life. And I finally just got to the part where I was like, to survive this life, I have to get out of this relationship. It is going to mean that I am divorced twice. It's going to mean I'm going to be talking about it at some point publicly. It's going to mean I'm going to feel ashamed. My kids are going to have the story. But I knew that um, I could not be who I was fully in that relationship. And so if you are in a relationship where, like, mm. I couldn't talk about my former marriage, I couldn't, I, I like, I, it, it was, it, there were just a lot of rules and there was a lot of bullying. And, like, I just was getting smaller and smaller and more contracted and more contracted. And I'm a big personality. So it it finally, we finally separated and the kids mm. were young and, and this was nine years ago. And um, sure, I went through so much mm. deep dive into therapy and then I did a really deep dive into spiritual work and I finished my, my PhD, at, which I, I have a PhD in counseling and education. And um, I, I literally went through a deconstruction of my soul. Mm. Like it was so much work. And so I ended up then... I was a licensed therapist for a number of years, but after that, I kind of pivoted into like spiritual mentoring and coaching around basically more of the soul-based perspective. And um, so, you know, a lot of people are going through not the same story, but similar things where they they are waking up to different versions of themselves, and and that yeah. version is not accepted in yes. the in the relationship. And so, if the version of because we you change about every ten years, right? Like when you're married to someone, like it's a different version about. Like every 10 years, you're like, like you're married to five people. Usually, Maybe even you know? faster. Yeah. Yeah. And so if the version of who you've mm -hmm. become 
you know, can't exist in the relationship, you know, part of it is, and I'll, then I'll stop because I know this is a conversation and not just yeah. a, a monologue, but part of it is like, if, if, if you are so contracted that you, you're, you literally feel like you don't know who you are anymore and there's no room for you to explore your life and you're not accepted, it is okay for the relationship to yeah. end. And that was a piece that was the hardest piece for me, that religious piece, mm-hmm. because of course I was taught till death do you part and all that, that it's okay for you to walk away. It's okay if you don't go until you're dead, if you are literally feeling like mm-hmm. a death of who you are on the inside. And, um, and giving yourself permission to, to basically save your well-being if you're what because my well-being was at stake. And so that's kind of the kind of clients that I often work with are ones that are kind of exiting the relationships and they're really struggling on a spiritual level. And um, and so the cool thing is, to your point, to your question, um, Lord, that I became such a better version of me. And now my kids, like I just kept telling them, you're going to get a better version of me that, that I, I couldn't be. And I, I don't want you to think that this is love because your kids are watching. You know, I don't want you to think that love is living on opposite sides of the house and not even speaking to each other because there's mm. just so much disdain here. Like, I don't want you to absorb that because I went through that growing up. I'm like, even if there's no man in my life right now, I'm single. I'm like, but you're getting this beautiful version of me where I'm mm-hmm. like full on like mm-hmm. me. So I was, I was just thinking this whole idea of changing um, every 10 years, becoming a different version of you, waking up. I love that that idea of just sort of like waking up to a different version of yourself and having a relationship that either is accepting to that shift and that change, but also the idea of if you're changing as a person, then your expectations and what you need out of the relationship are probably going to change as well. And so how flexible yeah. is the relationship going to allow that change, that evolution, um, and are you accepting? Is this what you signed up for? I kind of feel like a lot of people say that, like, I didn't sign up for this. And now I'm in a different version of my marriage that uh, is not what I signed up for. And I'm just like, well, mm-hmm. what do you do with that if you do have the intention? Because I think that we still, as a society, believe when we get married, it is forever. We are signing up to what, who mates for life. There's, you know, animals that mate for life. I think as a whole, we're Mm -hmm. still chasing that ideal. And so is there like a proactive way of thinking through, I know I'm going to evolve in 10 years. I know my expectations and desires in this relationship are going to change in 10 years or shorter. Is there a way to sort of like talk through that agreement with one another of like holding space for that evolution? Well, I think working with people like, like you guys, I mean, it's, there's nothing more beautiful than you evolving together. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast and it's like, actually I was, I was listening the past few days to Mm -hmm. a lot of your episodes and it was reminding me, I've been out of relationship for so long that I kind of forgot. And it actually was, it really inspired me. So just as a single woman, I actually love your podcast because I was like, wow, like, because I'm reminded of Mm -hmm. what healthy is. And I was listening and, you know, no one's without struggle. So it's like, what a beautiful thing if you're both willing to have these conversations. Like you guys talk about certain things that you do regularly, check-ins and all that. And it's, it's that, what a magnificent thing to do to be able, because you've got the two separate people mm-hmm. on this unit. And if, if each party is growing and, and willing to hold space for, you know, th- this healthy unfolding of, of a mutual, of a relationship, it's beautiful. So, I mean, I, I, gosh, I mean, you guys do such beautiful work with people. I think it, I think, honestly, I think having a person, a coach, Mm -hmm. a counselor 
to help just like you do an attorney, <laughs> your, your, whatever your, you know, all the people mm-hmm. you have around you, your CPA, you have them helping with different facets. And what a beautiful thing to have someone help you continue with that dialogue when you help those rough spots, because it'll accelerate you through those mm. speed bumps, you know, because we, we all get stuck. We get stuck in conversation because we all have our own needs and we have our own stories. And, you know, the, the time when you don't move forward is when someone's stonewalling, mm-hmm. Someone's, mm-hmm. you know, retreating, someone's abandoning. And, but if you're both still willing to have what we call like the sweaty conversations, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like, okay, and like, and you can do like the nonviolent communication yeah. and all the stuff where you're expressing needs and, and you're willing to sit through yeah. it and, and you're able to express and you, you're continuing to um, develop your emotional intelligence together and you're, you love each other that much. I mean, that's a beautiful thing, it, but it does take both people willing to do mm-hmm. it, I think. Tell me about sweaty conversations. I love that. <laughs> like they're hard, right? Like finding out, you know, what really turns your partner on. It may not be the same thing as you or, just, you know, it's something that that uh, an unfolding because we all carry secrets, yeah. right? It's not like you have to tell your partner every single thing, but, you know, the uncomfortable conversations where you're where you're able to say, you know, this is bothering me or, or, or I had a thought today that reminded me of something that I know you're not going to be comfortable with this, but I want to share it with you because it was really important and it brought up a feeling mm-hmm. from my childhood or whatever. And you're sit- and you can mm-hmm. not retreat because, um, you know, having a host of bad pick- picking men that, you know, weren't in touch with really who they were, which is ironic because I'm a therapist and I, I chose a different life course of picking a lot of men that, you know, a lot of the narcissism and mm-hmm. all that. Because um, the opposite is that. The opposite is I'm not doing this, slamming doors, making you feel bad, shaming you. So I think sweaty conversations are where you can hold the space without shaming the partner and the sweat stripping. And you're like, want to run and leave the room and maybe for a minute you have to go and come back. But that's what deepens it, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a vulnerabil- vulnerability there. Mm-hmm. And I mean... I've had a lot of sweaty conversations this week with, oh, my, yeah. with my couples <laughs> and it's gone very well. I wasn't sweating, but, you know, they kind of sweat and then, you know, you kind of create boundaries around the conversation and then they feel better um, after having them. I, I have a particular question that I'm curious about, which is how is it, or do you have any suggestions, some tips, whatever it might be for folks who are like, yep, I'm on the fence. I've been wanting to end this relationship because I don't feel like I can be my true self. I have changed. I have woken up and my relationship is inflexible and my partner is unwilling to be in love with this new version of me and to accept and create a relationship around it. So what are some things that you help guide folks through that can help them to survive and thrive after divorce? After, oh gosh, you can, well, getting through the divorce is one thing because that it's, you know, no one prepares you for, for that. But the cool thing is, is, you know, you will, you will get through it. So first of all, if you're there, um, don't take advice from people who haven't been there unless somebody's trained and, and has, you know, knows the research, whatever. But I'm just saying, find someone that, and I'm talking about like getting advice from friends and getting, um, and not that a therapist that hasn't been divorced can't help you. I don't mean that at all. I mean, your friend circle is really what I mean. Like, because everyone's going to give you input and it's all going to be a projection of where they mm-hmm. are. And some are going to want you to leave. Some are going to want you to stay. Find someone that has been through what you are choosing to go mm-hmm. through or what you're in and, and, and let them help you streamline it by telling you, you know, because people that have been through it's like it's it's very much like going through a death. Mm. It's 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 actually 
can be harder than a death because you're grieving the loss of something and the person's still alive. And so there's a lot of grief that comes up. And so if you're still in it, like realize it's all normal. You're, you're, you're going through the death process Mm -hmm. and it is, it's really hard because you know what you're grieving is you're, you're grieving the end of the relationship, but really what you're grieving is what you thought it was going to become because we all have this story. We, we, we stay because we think, Oh, they're going to change. Oh, well, once we have kids, well, well, once this project goes through, well, once he turns 50, I mean, and you know, if the partner's inflexible, you go through a, and it's and there's like a year, just like a death. Like you got to go through the holidays. You got to mm-hmm. go through, and just know, okay, I'm going to be really sensitive around Christmas or Hanukkah when everybody else is doing what I really want to yeah. do. And know too that you're going to then idealize the rest of the world, and you're going to think, well, everyone. Like I remember when I was walking in my um, country club that I lived in when I was married, first divorced from um, my husband who played baseball here in Atlanta, and. And I had this giant house and there are, but it was the loneliest I ever Mm. was. Right. And everybody thought my life was perfect. And then this whole public thing happened and I would walk and I would look in the window. I mean, not go and look in the windows, like, like peeping, but like walking and you can see like in the evening where the the lights are on Mm -hmm. on the inside and it was like Christmas time. And I just felt like I was in a movie and I would, you could see and every, I just, I had this image in my mind that everybody had this perfect life, you know, everybody's happy with me, everybody, just me. And you know, get a room and you know, you get like, you, you, just know that you're going to go through that. And the truth is, as you guys know, mm-hmm. through this podcast and just through life, it, it's not, the illusion is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their stuff. There are a lot of people struggling with what you're struggling. You feel alone and, and you're not. Mm-hmm. So know that, find people that are going through it or have gone mm-hmm. through it. And then literally the cool thing is you'll have these pops of liberation where it's like, like I wasn't allowed to do certain things. Like I'm very into, like I've got all kinds of crazy stuff in my house that like he hated. And so like, just literally you could, I, so I put up a happy wall both times. And I, this is one of the first things I tell my clients to do. Find pictures of yourself smiling in your life, being you, where you, even if it's a frame picture just of you and put those up, um, like anything that triggers you, don't throw it all away, mm-hmm. you know, take it down. If it's triggering you, but put up things that bring you joy. Mm-hmm. Changing your dishes is one of the things, like get the dishes that you know that he would have hated that are like all you, your bed sheets. Like those simple things yeah. actually make a difference because you're you're so ungrounded. <laughs> kind of like Zach, you talking about making your, the Lego mm-hmm. thing. Like, it, it, like you do things that like bring you back when you have a loss, you know, your sense of control is gone. Mm-hmm. Do what tactically you can control and then know that you're going to have these great spots of liberation, like where you're like, oh my God, like I can actually do whatever I want. Like you are about to come into a space or are in a space where you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You can date for 10 years or 10 minutes or or not. Or if you, if your sexuality is changing, you can do that. I mean, you are kind of unbound and um, that, that freedom is your gift. And in that, you can fully become who you are, fully unapologetic. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's the work that I do. Like, especially if you've been silencing yes. yourself for years, like there's a whole like awakening of the, I work with chakras now too. There's like an mm-hmm. awakening of your throat chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an awakening of your heart chakra. We work, so I energetically work with people too, because very often there's just been a shutdown yeah. of our energy centers and it very often it manifests in disease and, and depression yeah. and things like that. So there's so much waiting. Wow. <laughs> well, and there's also, I mean, as you were talking, I was thinking about there's so much misinformation out there too. Like people get bound up in what they 
not only what they think, but also what they don't think or what they don't know. Like, oh, he's going to take me for half my stuff or, oh, I'm going to get, I'm only going to have my kids for this many times or, oh, I'm not going to have a job or, you know, and I, I feel like, do, do, can you help or do you, how do you frame for people that they, that they don't know what they don't know? I mean, there, there are, I guess divorce maybe in every state is different, but yeah, what is, what's the, how do you help them over the hump of like all these myths that you, that you think or believe or, or um, anticipate maybe aren't based in reality. They're based in some maybe fear. TV show that you watch or somebody else's yeah. You know, experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fear. It's uh, fear is, um, you know, very low vibrational um, state of consciousness and, you know, nothing good was ever created out of fear, but at the same time, they're all valid. Okay. So like, I would never shut someone down. Right. Like, I mean, I'm a trained therapist and you, I, there's a space for that. Um, but like you're saying, you will, like, I remember, um, with the kids when I got divorced and I looked at the parenting schedule and I couldn't, of course, you can't imagine dating at the time. Like you, you can't imagine the, not having the kids. And I, I had like a full meltdown and my attorney looked at me and she was divorced and she was like, I know you don't think this now, but there will be a time when that free weekend mm -hmm. is going to be like the best weekend right. that you have. Trust mm -hmm. me. And she was right. Yeah. She was right. Like it took months, right? Like the first time they leave. So yes, hold space. Allow yourself to feel, so that's, this has been a big, I think, resurgence and in, in working with, with clients right now. And I heard you guys talking about it. Those feelings, like if you were afraid of the feelings, right? We're afraid of the kids being gone because we already feel alone. And then, the, the, you know, you're going to not have them on a weekend or every other holiday. And I promise you, there will be a time when you will meet someone again that you will be fired up about sure. in the future. And you will be so thrilled that you can take that ski trip over Christmas because it's your year off. I mean, there will be a mm -hmm. time. And yes, it will be hard at first. When it's hard, know that you are grieving. Mm -hmm. Sit and then let those feelings pass mm -hmm. through your body. Don't think that you have to be strong for your, don't make your kids your caretaker. Don't. But if you need to cry, take a minute. Mom's having a really hard day. It's, don't, you know, the, I heard y'all, your episode on feelings oh, um, when y'all, you were talking about, yeah, like stuffing <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> of course I picked that oh, one. I'm like, oh, this one oh, looks really Lord. good. Oh, the one uh, where Laura cried like a yeah, baby. You cried too, so let it go. <laughs> I did, I guess. <laughs> but it, but it, 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 it fits too, because you're still, if, if you have kids, I mean, if not, like you have that fear that you're not going to ever have kids again. I mean, I didn't have my kids. I was divorced. I had my my kids at my 38th birthday, I had my twins and my next one I had at 39. Wow. Like it was like boom, boom, boom. I had three kids within two wow. years. Um, so no, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I look back and I'm like, I got through that. That was like going through the apocalypse. I'm like, if I can go through that, like I can. And the third one was medically fragile and it was a whole sure. horrible situation. But um, anyway, there will come a time when you are going to be so proud of yourself. There will come a time when you are surrounded with other people because they're going to be magnetized to you that are that have gone through it. You will get another tribe. Yes, it is true that there are probably some friends that you might lose. It is hard. Again, you're going to be, it, 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 things are going to shift. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is like, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm so like free and clear. Like I don't, I'm past yeah. like needing, like I date, but it's I like, you know, I talk to friends that are in relationships and I'm like, oh yeah, I forget about all those problems, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's like, none of it's better or worse. Right. Like each, all of it's going to bring things that challenge and trigger you. Um, but you can take charge in your work. And, you know, maybe you're leaving a job at the same time. You're probably moving, but like you get to create a house that's all your own. I'm, I have been the happiest in my smaller houses mm -hmm. and I've lived in two giant houses when I was mm -hmm. married. We're talking mm -hmm. 8,000 and 12,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. I moved into like a 2,000 square foot. My happiest time was after my first divorce. 
moving from a 12,000 square foot giant house to a 2,000 square foot townhouse. I like missed how I, I felt so tucked in and cozy uh, and like I could see everything at once. Like I loved it. Now my house is about half the size of my last house. And, but I'm, but I'm saying that because that's a fear. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh my God, I'm going to have to move into an apartment or I have to move into, you can create your space as, look, I've got Buddha behind mm-hmm. me. He never would have let me have that up. You know, it's like you can do whatever you want to do. And then, then the cool thing is you get to teach your kids to liberate who they mm-hmm. are and never to stay in relationships that don't support the essence mm-hmm. of who they are and love them for who they are. It's I'm thinking about like the state that many folks are in when they're kind of in that discernment phase of I'm in this relationship. It feels like I just kind of keep going round and round. Zach and I will find couples come to us and they're like, you're our fifth therapist in 10 years. And we're still, you know, trying to go through the same, same healing or processing or learning new skills that we were doing 10 years ago. And sometimes they just get really trapped in this idea of, I just, I feel hopeless in my marriage, but I also feel hopeless in the prospect of leaving the marriage and what that might look like. And I find that a lot of people, especially when they have children, it's not about the money, it's about the children, uh, Uh, that they're going to lose control or that they have been present as a buffer to their parent, to their, uh, the other parent. Does that make sense? And so it's really scary that I'm not going to be present, um, when they're, you know, spending four or five days with this other person, I'm not there to buffer the tension between them or to be the peacemaker or whatever it might be. And so they're kind of stuck in this, like, maybe I'll just stick around and be the buffer and unhappy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, uh, man, it's a really tough decision. Do I stay or do I go? Yeah. It's, yeah. I've, cause I've been, that's exactly what happened to me. And, and it's, um, I mean, that's why, well, court systems systems are in place to to help you navigate visitation. And, you know, sometimes right. people need guardians yeah. and guardian items or, or supervision. I mean, um, but here's the thing that I, so I'm just going to say this, maybe it's pretty woo-woo, but I'm just going to say Please, it because this is what helped here. me. I'm super woo. I'm into it. So I believe in soul contracts and I believe that. Soul, um, contracts, soul contracts, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Soul contracts, okay. That basically you're, I'll talk about intimate partner. So your intimate partner, when you came to this life, like you kind of already agreed before you jumped in that you would meet up and teach each other things. And so every relationship is here to to help you grow, period. Like every, the hardest ones are there to help you grow the most. And so you choose your parents, you choose where you live, you, you know, you still have free will. So relationships have, have parts where you can choose to leave or stay. So, you know, that's still up to you because you have free will, but you do have soul contract to meet up with who, you, who you're going to meet up with. That this is my belief. If, if you don't believe that, it's totally fine. But this is what helped me heal. So um, so I, I, I saw meaning then in my divorces because I was like, well, if I can step back and say, what was that there to teach mm-hmm. me? What did I learn? Despite all the church's rules and society's rules and judgment, like if I can move all the shame to the side. And if, if, if we were just in a society where nobody knew if you were divorced or not, like, and I'm just in a vacuum, like, what was that really here to teach my soul? Oh, wow. Like I learned that my self-love really needed to become first. I learned that I am not here to martyr my happiness so somebody else is happy and keep the big. I learned that I am important. I'm lear- I learned, so there was a lot, there's a lot of self-worth and value. Um, but the, um, the part about um, being, oh, the self-contract part. So children, my belief system again, um, 
also have a soul contract and they also choose their parents. So they are also on their own soul's journey. And you're not now, and I'm not talking about abusive situations. And I mean, I know because I've got a tricky situation myself, so I can relate to what you said. I also know that my kids chose their dad to be their dad for whatever reason in this life they wanted to to grow and learn. So I'm not here. Yes, I'm here to protect them from abusive situations, of course. So I'm not talking about that. Difficulties, challenges with an emotionally um, not grown parent with a parent who's still stuck at age seven emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) so what happens for me is, and I I do work with 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 other clients that that have the, the issue. It's like they are here also on their own soul journey. So they are also learning how to deal with difficult people, which actually will serve them in their life. So, and as they grow, they can learn to set boundaries with, with that parent. And so, you know, there's a lot. So I, I, we, I have to do a lot. I've had to do in the past. It's better than it was, but I've had to do a lot of like, um, uh, what's the word when you're like, um, not triage, but like when they come back, like there's like a, we'll kind of process through everything. Yeah. There's like a period of like, mm-hmm. whatever that word mm-hmm. is, but we process. And then, then I get to guide them from, well, so what did you say? So what, what would, what do you really need from them? And, and, you know, their souls are also on their own individual journey and you're not a hundred percent responsible for how that all turns out in their life. Like they, they will learn in that relationship True. what they will and will not tolerate as they grow. So it actually is for me now, cause my kids are 13, 15 and 15. It's like, there are a lot of conversations around, well, why don't you say this to dad? Well, why don't you, I mean, we, it's a learning um, opportunity to be honest, but when they're little, it it was, it was hard. It is hard when they're, when they're really little, but I promise you, you will get through it. And I promise you, they will get through it. And there is beautiful growth that, that can come out of it, you know, and, and you can also hold out. I mean, your partner, there's always potential for people to grow and maybe they can be a better version of themselves. (laughs) In a, in a different space, but yeah. I know each situation is different. So, and I feel you if you're going going through that. I, I know it's really hard, but again, that's where you get resources around you. So that's where mm-hmm. I would get a family therapist mm-hmm. in place. So you have a mediator between you. If you're in a situation that strikes fear in mm-hmm. you, get a support network. Right. Period. Like it's worth every dime you can yeah. spend. So you have you have a place where the, where parents have to be responsible, mm-hmm. and where you come back together, and that that the other party has to answer. So point the answer is there are resources. Yeah. You need support. Ask for the support that you need and you will get through it. I promise. So what is the, what is the, what is it? What are you the answer for? (laughs) Somebody goes, I need X. And I'm like, oh, you, what you need is Dr. Karin Louise. Like (laughs) who is your ideal client? Like who, who needs to find you that, that we can say, yeah, check Mm -hmm. this, check this out. Like, is it a fatherless daughter or is it some other um, like category? Maybe it's both, but tell me, tell me like, who is the, Mm-hmm. Who are you the answer for? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, so very often, I do work with men too, which is interesting. I, I do love working with men, but but my uh, cool. normal ideal like client is a woman that has had issues with usually her father. Maybe it doesn't, and fatherless doesn't mean that your dad died. I mean, uh-huh. your dad could have died, but it just means that the bond, there could be an estrangement, there could be addiction. It just, it, it whatever it was, there was a, a broken bond mm-hmm. that uh-huh. is unhealed. Um, that usually then comes out when you have your divorce. Usually my clients are post-divorce. I'm not, I don't do the trauma work anymore. I'm not Uh, a licensed therapist right now. Not that I can't do it, but I'm I'm not licensed in that area uh now. I do work. If you've had somewhat of an awakening in your life and like when I'm talking about soul work, like that kind of lights you up and you're like, I feel like there's something more. There's something that I haven't accessed that's like in a different frequency Uh or realm. I do a lot of energy work. 
um, and you are, as you're the divorce, and it, and it doesn't have to be divorced, but yes, most of my clients are. There's like you a catalyst. You can be married and struggling and yeah, just having yeah, a hard and you time. Can stay, yeah. I have clients that stay, oh, for sure. But if you're waking up and you know that you're reinventing and you want to guide and you want mm. a really high level, like I, I, like I, I just do like, I do transformation packages. I don't do hourly yeah. work anymore. And I do retreats mm-hmm. and group programs. Mm-hmm. If you know that there's something that you're about to come into and you're getting really interested in like crystals and energy and chakras mm-hmm. and you're like, you want to find someone that's been there and that has reinvented a woman that has reinvented herself and and can guide you and can accelerate the process because it's not all roses. Yeah. I mean, you will lose friends. Some people are going to think you're crazy. I mean, there's there are things that are confusing in the process, but... If you want to feel so empowered and unapologetic and you want to work with someone that I literally have framework to help you get there, I'm your girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so when they decide that they like need you, how do they find you? Oh, so, um, I'm, my website is drkarin.com. Maybe you have to spell out the word doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-A-R-I-N. And then I'm on Instagram with the same Dr. Karin and Facebook. So you can DM me on Instagram, but, um, I have a, I have programs that are coming out. I'm not sure when this will air, but there's always another thing. I've got retreats coming and a big group program called Force of Nature that's about to come out that is exactly for this kind of woman. And um, I have retreats and things like that. Are you in person? Are you virtual? Like, how are you working with these folks? Um, I work with my one-on-one clients. It's it's all virtual um, until we have an event. Okay. Um, so it's really, you know, it's really easy. And most people are doing it that way. Um, so we, you know, we'll meet like once a week. And with my one-on-one clients, it's, I only take like a handful at a time, but I do like continuous boxer and messaging support with mm-hmm. them. And it, it's a, it's a, it's a different, it's not therapy. This is coaching. Mm-hmm. We're not dwelling on the trauma. Mm-hmm. I will help you through right. it. And I help you alchemize the pain and then move forward into I help people calibrate to higher frequencies and I work a lot on your law with law of attraction and your magnetism and things like that. Wow. I love this. Just this whole idea of like leveling up and having some. You're, 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 Laura's loving it. I'm shaking my head. I'm like, I have no idea how any of that works. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I, but you know, different strokes for different folks. And I'm sure people need what they need. And I hope that that, that, that is going to work out for folks that are listening. Cause yeah, it doesn't um, resonate with everybody. mm -hmm. I mean, but, but if it is like, if it is, you can feel it. It's like lighting you up, but they're like super logical people. It's like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. I know I was on a date the other day, a first date, and I brought up something about inner, about vibration. And I'm, and he stopped me. He's like, what is, what is vibration? I'm like, oh gosh. Okay. You know, I'm like, all right, it's a vibratory universe. Um, Yeah. But it's okay. This is vibration. Look at my vibrator that I I have in my purse right here. So true. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I love it. Vibration, everybody, wherever your brain goes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, the more spiritual you get, actually, it it, it does trigger like Kundalini and, and, and all your chakras down there. So really the more spiritual, like, and not that you can't be sexual if you're not spiritual, but I'm just saying it's a misnomer that you shut down your sex organs because there's this like whole like Kundalini awakening and all, there's a lot of sex magic and sex work in the spiritual community. So you actually become actually more fired up because you you just become open in your, with your energy centers, but it's, it's not for everybody. I like that. Yeah. I, I think I'll just go build some more yeah, Legos yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay well thank you dr karen and when you go to the website it's spell it doctor and then karen is k-a-r-i-n right did i spell it correctly okay car in a garage yes car in the garage yeah but with a k Yes, with a K. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us today. And hopefully, you know, our hey. listeners that are m- more on the woo-woo side were like thankful that we had something less logical, something more woo-woo <laughs> energetically. And um, I'm just, I'm glad that we had you on. Thank you for joining us. 
No, thank you so much. Thanks for opening the door for yeah. that. Yeah, I would love to talk to anybody that, that that just sparked some interest. So, so thanks. It was a great conversation. Right on. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Thank you to Dr. Karen. If you are interested in checking out all of the things that she's up to, uh, also the name of the book, I'm going to check this out. I think it's just a really interesting and I want to dive more into it. Uh, the book was called The Fatherless Daughter Project. And then her website, Dr. Karin. So spell out doctor, it's D-O-C-T-O-R. And then Karin is K-A-R-I-N.com. That's right. I, I spelled out doctor in case you were unclear on how to spell doctor. Uh, thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.